Hello there. Thanks for joining me today on our topic of marijuana. You know, when California voted in last year Proposition 64, what California did without knowing it is that they brought marijuana and drug usage to the doorstep of our youth and to the doorstep of our impoverished, low-class, unemployed, low-income population of every city in the state of California. Those are the users. The unemployed, the low-class, those that can't afford it, and our youth. Those are the users. That's the, con that's the generation that we are giving away, that we are impairing, that we are forgetting about. And that we are saying you don't matter. Your creativity we can get along without. And we don't need you. So go destroy yourself. That's basically the message that the American population tells the uh, cities of our country when they vote in legalized marijuana in some form or another. Now, 29 states uh, across the country uh, have marijuana for medical use only. Well, what's medical use? All you have to have is a headache, and you can justify the use of marijuana, and a doctor will give you the prescription. I had a patient that had a prescription card for marijuana use. I said, well, what's your disability? What's your medical condition that requires the use of marijuana? He says, well, the doctor asked me to bend over and touch my toes. And I couldn't do it. I could only get down as far as my shins and my ankles. He said, well, okay, you're impaired. You need marijuana. And he passed the test and now has his medical marijuana card. That's all he had to do was to prove to the doctor that he couldn't touch the, his toes, but it could only touch his ankles. Well, he was able to touch his toes for me when I had him do the task. But that was all it took. That's medical marijuana at its height. 29 states. Well, we have about eight states across the country that allow marijuana to be used for recreational purposes. Now, that's a misnomer, and that's kind of a, a crazy way of saying it, because what's not recreational? Two people get together and take a walk, that's recreational. Two people sit and talk and have a conversation in their back patio or on the street corner or somewhere, that's recreational. Everything in this world is recreational, if you want to define it that way. So eight states allow marijuana to be for generalized use, even though they call it for medical and recreational purposes. There's no evidence indicating that there's a medical condition that requires the use of marijuana. There are some medical issues that you may want to justify the use of marijuana by, but there's no medical condition that medical use marijuana is required or necessary. Lots of ways to treat medical conditions without dipping into the tank of marijuana. So we have to kind of just remember that. And we've, we've bought a lie. We've bought a lie. And we allow ourselves to be hoodwinked into this idea that it's necessary. The only reason that we have it is that people want it. 
who want to satisfy their joys and their satisfactions and their happiness and and their pursuit of some kind of lifestyle that goes beyond the normal. So um, that's all in the back of this thing. It's not necessary at all. It's only a desired product. Now, Proposition 64 in California has two major components. One, it allows the legal use of marijuana for recreational purposes and that you can grow in your own home, in your own backyard, in your own property, up to six plants. Even if you live next door to a school, doesn't matter. Six plants is thought to be enough to supply you the marijuana that you need on a regular basis. So that's what Proposition 64 says. It also says this, that cities can set up dispensaries, or drugstores if you want to call them that, to sell marijuana on the open market. And there's no limit. You have two or three in a block. You may not have a grocery store. You may not have a pharmacy. But you can have a couple marijuana dispensaries or drugstores. And they can be where kids walk up and down, and going home and back and forth to school, or wherever they might go. It's right in, right in front of them. And that desensitizes a child to marijuana. Every time you walk up and down a store area on the street, you become desensitized to that particular store, whether it's a liquor store or whether it's a marijuana dispensary. You desensitize yourself to it. And over time, it's just as easy to walk into that store as it is easy to walk into a grocery store because you're familiar with it. You're familiar with the people. You're familiar with the smell. You're familiar with those that come and go. And before you know it, you're going to come and go from that dispensary. It's an open invitation. It's an open billboard for use, whether you're 14 or 24 or whatever. Now, this law, Proposition 26, says that you have to be 21 to be able to buy and use marijuana legally. 21. Well, your brain doesn't develop until 25. So here we are giving young children at the age of 25 the use of marijuana before the brain is fully developed, knowing that even a couple weeks or a month or so of use of marijuana is addictive in nature and will addict you to marijuana and will have an adverse effect upon your brain. It happens within a matter of weeks. So we as a country and we as a state of California are basically stupid. We allow our 21-year-olds to have access to a drug that will impair their brain, will addict them, even after a few weeks or a month of usage. I don't know where we come up with that idea. But our politicians are listening to the kids on the street. They're not listening to the scientists in the lab. They're not listening to the therapists in the counseling rooms that have to deal with these kids. Now let me give you an example. I periodically see a kid in my office who's been using marijuana regularly for an extended period of time. He comes in and sits down and we start talking. After an hour, he gets up and leaves. And I say to myself, I don't know a thing that that guy said. I can't understand a thing that he said. He wasn't able to string three sentences together. He would talk and then hesitate. Talk and then change his topic. 
talk and then change the tune, change the theme. He wasn't able to complete a whole thought, a whole paragraph, a whole storyline. Because his brain was so mixed up and so impaired, he was unable to use it for the purpose of having a regular day-to-day conversation with somebody. And I've seen that many, many times. Now, if that kid comes back to me, and I get him off of the marijuana, and I keep talking to him, it isn't until about the sixth time that I see him that I begin to understand what he's saying. I can begin to tune in to his storyline, and he's able to speak sense, and he's able to tell a whole story and put it in sequence and make it understandable. It takes about six visits for that to happen. Of course I'm not in favor of the use of marijuana, because that's what I see in my own office. Now, what are some of the effects of marijuana? What are, I mean, I just gave you one example. But what are they of a kid who uses marijuana to age 21, 25? Well, we know that marijuana is being used by 14-year-olds. That's the average age of starting the use of marijuana, 14. And the law enforcement says, well, we're going to monitor these dispensaries and make sure they don't sell the children. <laughs> you get a 21-year-old kid that goes in there and buys marijuana and buys his cookies and edibles. He walks out and gives them to a kid or sells them to a kid. You don't have control over that. That kid can do whatever he wants with it. There's no legal right or there's no legal restriction on a 20-year-old kid that says that he can't sell it to somebody else. Of course, he can give it away. And our young kids are perpetrating the use of marijuana that way. They send in a plant, they send in somebody who's of age, buy, and then the others benefit from it and use it. Now, that's the way cigarettes happen. That's the way alcohol is sold. Our kids have free access to cigarettes. Our young kids have free access to alcohol because that's how it's done. But what happens to the brains of these people? What happens to the brains of these kids, you know, who are 25 years of age and younger? I, it, by the way, it also happens with adults, but primarily the kids, and I'm speaking of that today. It has a negative effect upon their memory. Memory is difficult. It's hard to take something into long-term memory. You know, when you learn something, it goes into what we call short-term memory and stays there just momentarily, like a second. And then it's transferred into long-term memory for usage. Well, it's in that short-term memory that it's lost. Marijuana loses the ability to take something in and put it in short-term memory and transfer it to long-term memory. That's how that works. It impairs the ability to learn. It impairs the ability to focus. In other words, you got more ADD kids. ADH kids. These kids won't be able to focus. We have a lot of those kids now. We're going to have more of those kids in the classroom, and our teachers are going to just run wild trying to work with these kids who have lost the ability to pay attention and focus their attention. It has an impairment in all the neurological functions of the body, besides memory and learning and focus. But what else? It impairs school performance. Grades go down. Attendance goes down. If you go back a couple podcasts, you know, I was talking about absenteeism in our schools. 10% of the kids are absent in any given day in the schools of California. That results into billions of dollars lost to our educational system because the state pays the school for attendance of kids. And when you have 10% lost are not in school, you lose a lot of money there. Well, with the marijuana use, we're going to see that number increase to 10 to 15%. So school districts 
are going to lose even more money. And we're going to have more impaired kids in their educational advancement because they're going to be absent from school more in the future than they are currently. So the rate of absenteeism is going to go up. We're going to have mental health issues. We know that marijuana triggers more depression. We know it triggers more anxiety. We know it triggers more bipolar disorders. We know that it triggers inattention. We know that it triggers uh, anger and violence and conflict. We know that it has to do with poor performance, poor motivation, poor focus and learning. So the mental health and the educational problems are just going to soar with this new law of legalized marijuana. Our kids are at risk. Their immune system are at risk because you put kids at stress. When they're under stress, the immune system lowers and they're more subject to illness and uh, disease and viral infections of various kinds and so on. So when your immune system goes down, it's because your stress system goes up. And the use of marijuana begins to create stress upon the individual. Lifestyle is much more chaotic and there's much more stress because they're doing something that is not good for themselves and that creates a stress in itself. The increase in cardiovascular disease of heart attacks and strokes, the increase of respiratory problems, the increase of lung cancer. I mean, that's what we're asking. That's what we're buying. That's what we're getting. When we voted Proposition 64 in the area in the state of California, that's the kind of kid that we're going to be raising and that we're going to be um, bringing along and then bringing him to school and the school is going to have problems to educating him. Bringing him to the emergency rooms, they're going to have all kinds of problems treating this kid. Bringing him to the hospitals who are just going to soar with these people being admitted because of these diseases and these uh, major uh, disorders that they'll be uh, generating. All because some of our people in our state, called politicians, want drug money. They want drug money because they think that's going to be more to help them spend more. And it's all just drug money that they want. So they think they're going to get a large increase of income to a city or to a state because of the taxes associated with the sale of marijuana. But what they don't add up is the cost of accidents, the cost, increased cost of crime, the cost of increased police services, the cost of demand upon the teachers, and the more uh, staff will have to be hired to process these kids in the school system, the cost associated with hospital care and staffing, the cost associated with mental health care and mental health hospitals and mental health clinics, the cost associated with drug clinics and drug counselors across the country, the cost associated with prisons and jails that these people will be going to, and an increased level of frequency and staying for longer periods of time. I mean, the enormous difference. You're going to get some money from, from taxes, that's sure. You're not going to get what you think. Colorado and Washington has already proven that. They don't get anywhere near what they were thought they'd be getting, they projected. So you're going to get less money than you think. But you're going to get an enormous tag of service bills that these kids are going to have to utilize for the services that they're going to need. 
through the educational system, the drug system, and the uh, legal system, and the uh, penitentiary system, etc., on down the line. The difference is going to be in the favor of more cost and less income. We bought a, we bought a bill of goods. We were stupid in the state of California and 29 other states and eight other states that allow for marijuana at the medical and recreational level. I wish the other states would open up their eyes. Listen. Listen to the professionals. Listen to the scientists. Listen to the people who have to pay the bills. Don't listen to the people who are going to pay taxes and are willing to pay taxes to buy this stuff. Don't listen to them. Listen to the people who are going to have to pay the taxes of the problems that are associated with the use of marijuana and other drugs because we do know that marijuana is a gateway drug. So that's going to stop there. It's going to go on to opiates and it's going to go on to the heroines and it's going to go on to the methamphetamines, which already has, by the way, but it's going to increase the use of such medication and drugs. You know, I question myself here. If today we were going to vote on the use of alcohol in America for the first time, would we vote it in, knowing what we now know? And if we were going to vote for the use of cigarettes in our country for the first time, it's a new proposal that come to us, and we know what we now know about cigarettes, would we vote it in? <laughs> I'm afraid we would. If you think of the people of California, the people of our country who are willing to put their, their, their lives on the line and risk their health and risk all their safety and, and their uh, marriages and their family life and their futures and their careers and so on, to risk all that for the sake of a cigarette or for the sake of a drink or for the sake of a smoke, the, smoke, the sake of a joint or the sake of a shot of heroin into their veins. Uh, it doesn't add up. It adds downward. The costs are going to be greater than the income. The human cost is going to be greater than the benefits. And I'll tell you one more thing. The suicide rate is going to increase significantly with the use of marijuana. These are the kids who are at risk anyway. And you put drugs in them, that increases their risk. And it increases their inability to make decisions. They're less able. They're less able to make good judgments. They're less able to moderate their moods and their tolerance for frustration and stress and depression and anxiety. They're going to give in to that stuff and kill themselves. So the suicide rate is another factor yet to be calculated, but my prediction is we're going to see an increase. We've already seen an increase at 13%, and it's primarily with girls. So suicide rate among kids is already on their increase in the last couple of years. I mean, that's skyrocketing at 13%. So we're going to see it more? We want that? If that's what our country wants? May God help us. Hey, thanks for joining me today in the uh, podcast of uh, the Psychology Report and this topic of marijuana. It's frustrating, it's discouraging, it's heart-rendering, it's sickening. But we are there where we are. And in some ways, we are giving away our youth. And now that's not just for youth. The same thing that I've been ta talking about for youth applies to our older population, maybe to a lesser degree. But the factors are still the same. The impairments are the same. The risks are the same. The problem with our youth, our, our young married people, 
is that the marriages are now at risk. We're going to see a great increase in divorce. We already do. I already see I do that in my office. One uses marijuana and one doesn't. The marriage is over. So this is a, this is a major issue that we're facing across our country. Anyway, thanks for joining me. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Go to my favorite locksmith, Lehman Lock and Safe Company here in Fresno. Go to the yellow pages, look it up, Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N. And if you need a lock, he'll be glad to do it. If you are in Medicare and you have an insurance question, go to Susan Hatch. Look up her name in the in, in yellow pages under insurance, Susan Hatch. She's the Medicare guru. She'll answer any question you have about Medicare and help you make sure you have the right plan to be in and make sure your medical needs are cared for through the Medicare system. Okay? So do that. And again, United Pompeii Foundation. United Pompeii Foundation. These kids that have trouble developing the muscles of the lung because of the sugar problem and digesting and being able to sustain a level of sugar within their system. So it's Pompeii Foundation. They need your help. Send them a few bucks. Look them up, okay? And bye for now.